Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. This morning, um, I just want to bring a word that God has laid on my heart. I'm just going to pray. I know we have prayed, but I just, um, uh, just to feel that we just join together in prayer just for a minute. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move and do what he wants to do this morning. We say, come Holy Spirit this morning. Come and take over. Do that which only you, God, can do. We pray that you speak in our midst. We pray that you minister to us as individuals in ways that we understand, minister to our circumstances. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Our hearts are open. We thank you and we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just open this. I want to bring to us is a word that has been in my heart probably for the past um, for some time. Um, we were hearing the testimonies of the youth, the power of coming together. Uh, Hannah did say it nicely. She said, um, you know, it was great to see the youth build those relationships together. And the, the longer time they spent together, the more they experience some goodness and some greatness of what God can do. And the message that I want to bring this morning is actually related to that to some extent. But to start off with, uh, you know when we talk about the church and the purpose of the church and why the church exists, uh, there are basically five things that we get from the Great Commission and also from the uh, greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God, with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And also love your neighbor as you love yourself. The greatest uh, 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 commission is go ye therefore and preach the gospel. When we bring those two together, the great commission and the great commandment, we will draw up some things that we see as the basic uh, things that the church exists for. I just want this thing to open up. Give me a second so I... Uh, Right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there are um, five basic things that come to mind when I'm looking at that. The first thing, we realize that the church is called uh, for discipleship, which is to train, to teach, and to raise believers so that they grow in the knowledge of the Lord and establish their lives in line with the word of God. And we talk of the church in terms of evangelism, uh, reaching out, going out there with the message that we have received, how it has transformed our lives, and we take it out there and share with the world that is desperately in need for answers, and we know those answers are in Christ Jesus. So discipleship, evangelism, and then ministry, where we minister to people, we minister encouragement, we minister through prayer, we minister through worship, we minister even to the Lord through fasting and things like that, and then worship. So when we look at that, we are looking at the church exists for discipleship, evangelism, uh, ministry, worship, and also for fellowship. And as Center Church, if you uh, go to our website, there's something that you will see where it says our heart attributes. So when you look at them, they are rephrased, named, especially for Center Church, but they still reflect 
what is the heartbeat of the church. And when you get there, you will see that we have number one, enable, which talks about uh, building people up, encouraging them, which represents discipleship. And then you will see enlarge, which speaks about enlarging the kingdom of God through evangelism and sharing of the gospel. Then you will see uh, empowering, which would, uh, to some extent, reflect ministry. Because as we minister to people, as we pray over people, as we encourage people, they grow and they are, in, uh, they grow and they are empowered to serve God and to live for God. And then there is an encounter which I bring together and relate to worship. Because it's in that moment of worship sometimes that we encounter God and the power of God. And the uh, one which I'm going to be talking about this morning is engage, which is fellowship. So these are their heart attributes for Center Church. And someone will be wondering, why did I just pick on engage? Why did I pick on fellowship? Uh, we will find out in a minute. But one thing that really caused me to bring this message at this time, I thought it was necessary to bring the message on fellowship. Right now when we look, the chairs are empty. Why? Because it's a time when families take time away. Uh, the children are off school. Families gather together. They fellowship. They connect. You know, during the business of every day, as you continue, children going to school, parents going to work, there is a lot of business that sometimes we get distracted from focusing for what, for, uh, from what is important. But in this time of holiday, there is that time provision for the time for families to come together and fellowship and share together and discuss things that have been uh, going on. But at the same time, winding down to say as we come into the uh, new school year, how are we going to be you know, how are we going to be managing our lives? So I just thought this is the right time to bring the uh, topic on fellowship. And uh, the, the fellowship that I'm talking about, I know there's a fellowship where we talk of fellowship horizontal, uh, uh, vertical, talking to God or connecting with God. But there is also fellowship which is horizontal, which is brother to sister, which is us believers coming together. And so this morning, that is the kind of fellowship that I want to kind of uh, focus on. You see, what happens, every church or believers or every congregation is as strong as its, uh, its people. When the people are strong, fired up, encouraged, hopeful, full of faith, the church will be vibrant, full of power, and we will see God move in our midst. But when the church is, um, you know, like tired, drained, discouraged, and weak, that is exactly how the church will reflect. So every church or every congregation reflects exactly how the individuals within that church feels or what they carry or who they are. Because what the church is isn't necessarily the building that we are in, but the church is the people who are in that church. So when we are talking about fellowship, what is coming to mind is uh, we look at um, our church or our congregation and we want to start to think what is it that can build us to be strong, to be united, to be a powerful church, to be a church that uh, exudes the power 
power of God, a church that moves in the power of God, a church that experiences signs, wonders, and miracles, it all rests with every individual, every one of us, what we are carrying and what we bring in. When we are weak, tired, exhausted, feeling destroyed, that is exactly how our church will reflect. Now, where is fellowship coming in this? Because fellowship talks about uh, being united, working together, being strength to one another. When one is weak, the other brother picks the one who is weak. In times that are, I am on the top of the mountain, it's my time to stretch out to the person who is down in the valley and pick them up. So when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about that atmosphere of togetherness, feeling each other's pain, experiencing, you know, kind of walking in the shoes of somebody who is carrying something heavy and make a decision to connect with what is going on in their life and help to pick them up. I did say a church is as strong as its individual members. And for that reason, it makes, uh, it makes fellowship a powerful thing or an important thing when we want to see the, the power of God move uh, among us in our church. Praise the Lord. So uh, fellowship is about encouraging each other, carrying each other's burden, feeling each other's pain, and not looking away because at the moment I'm in, on the top of the mountain, but carrying each other's burden. I'm going to read from uh, Acts chapter 2. This is going to be our, our uh, scripture that we will dwell in, and I'll endeavor to quickly define fellowship in a bit of, uh, a, uh, a bit of detail, and then I will say why we need fellowship still in a bit of uh, detail and how that fellowship can be worked out. Praise the Lord. I pray the Holy Spirit will help me this morning just to answer those few questions. So I'm reading from Acts chapter 2, and I'll read from verse 41 to verse 47. It says, this is at the time that the church was, um, was born on Pentecost, and um, the gospel had been preached. People have been uh, receiving the gospel, and like it is to this day, others were resisting it, but many received it at that time. The Spirit of God moves, and they were um, experiencing the power of God, the manifestation of God's power in different ways. And so... This is just the end of that, of that chapter that I just summarized. So verse 41, it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the uh, many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their properties and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued in their homes and ate together with glad and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number of those who were saved. Praise God. You know, just reading this part of scripture, it stirs something inside me. 
Because just summarizing, looking at it, the church is just starting. But the, we start to see the power of fellowship just emerging right there. Because right from this scripture, we can see that because of the way they connected together, they lived together, they carried each other's burden, they helped each other through and through, then God uh, increased them in numbers daily. In other words, their impact and their influence was enhanced by their togetherness. The fact that they were working together, they were in agreement. And the other keyword that we see that we see there is that with the sincerity of heart. You know, when you are in time uh, in a time where you are feeling drained and discouraged, if there is something that you need, it's not only fellowship, but fellowshipping with somebody that you trust, and you know they are sincere and they feel your pain, and they really want you to come out of that. That is powerful. And as that was happening among the early church, then scripture says God added to them. And I think what was happening is uh, as they saw these people living together, carrying each other's burden, helping each other, those who were outside, they started to desire to be part of such a group. So their influence was uh, strengthened because of how they fellowshiped together. Now, just in definition, the word uh, fellowship, the word fellowship, the learned will say in Greek, it's a word derived from the word uh, kononia. I'm not going into detail with that because I'll get lost in my Greek. But the word, uh, the word uh, koinonia appears 20 times in the New Testament. To me, that means a lot. There's something important about the kononia. And that word means sharing. It means a partnership. It means communion. It means a contribution. So in the context of us as believers or in the context of the church, uh, the word fellowship, when we talk about fellowship, you see, when you listen today, fellowship is used a lot just to mean a gathering of people. When people are coming together to socialize, the word fellowship will come up a lot. But fellowship, uh, when we talk about fellowship in terms of uh, biblical fellowship, we are talking about uh, coming together with the same mind and to accomplish the same purpose. And it is about sharing in the life of Christ. So it's not only a gathering for social, but fellowship is about coming together or gathering in order to steer each other to grow spiritually. It's coming together to share in the life of Christ, uh, of Christ Jesus. So the goal is to stimulate one another. The goal of fellowship is the one who is feeling tired and discouraged. They are stimulated. The one who is feeling lonely and isolated, they feel included. So as we do that, there is that togetherness. There is that oneness. And there is that awakening that happens in someone's heart. I know there are some people who call themselves, you know, I'm an introvert. I don't like people. I don't like uh, gatherings and stuff like that. But honestly speaking... Even an introvert needs somebody with a sincere heart to connect with. Because there is power when you speak to somebody. They say there is power in speaking. Sometimes they say a burden shared is a burden halved. And that is what a fellowship is about. When you look through the New Testament, you will see that talking about fellowship, uh, there is a mention of the word with one another. With one another. Um, I was reading a certain commentary which says uh, 
it appears um, about 60 times in the New Testament. So I went through myself and tried to count. I ended at 40. I'm sure I missed some of them. But it's the, the power of fellowship is seen in the word or the definition of fellowship in the word with one another. In uh, Romans chapter 12, scripture says, love one another. In chapter, in chapter 13, rather, it says, love one another. In Romans 12, it says, edify one another. Romans 15, admonish one another. Ephesians 4, be kind and tender-hearted towards one another. I can go on and on and on. But the phrase there, that is the key phrase, is with one another. You will hear scripture saying, pray with one another, break bread with one another, sing songs of praise with one another. So fellowship is, a, uh, is something that the New Testament talks about and brings on our face as something that we have to pick up in order to be effective and impactful and also in order to ignite that fire and that passion in one another. For, uh, for God. So uh, fellowship isn't more about uh, uh, spectating, but it's more about participating. It's taking part in what is going on. You know, that is why, you know, I know there is a, there's a place uh, there's a place for online church. There's a place for that. There are sometimes when you are in a situation where you have no choice but to just connect online or something like that. But there's nothing that beats uh, a person-to-person -person contact. There is nothing that beats that. You know, sometimes uh, I've heard some people say, oh, I am a Christian, but I don't go to church. I'm a Christian. I don't like organized religion. I'm a Christian. And, and the question that is coming to me is, uh, where is your fellowship? Because when the fellowship part is missing in our Christian life, we have got a problem. Why? Because every situation, you know, the enemy knows to isolate us so that they can abuse us, beat us down. We, when you are in your own corner and there is no one to help you to stand up, praise God. So every believer, there is no way we can grow as Christians and say, I don't meet up with people because I don't love people. Or I am okay, I watch my sermons on, online. But fellowship is more than just watching. It's, it's more than uh, spectating, but it's participating, taking part also, that there are times that you are the one who needs to hold each other and lift each other up. I did say earlier on, the power of every church, the manifestation of God's power, the, you know, the excitement, the, the reason why people would come to church and say, we want to go back to that church, is the life that is in the people of that church. And that life is ignited and sustained when we fellowship with one another, when we love one another, when we help one another. I'm taking too long on one thing. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just uh, defining what is, uh, what is uh, fellowship. So a Christian life is never meant to be a private life. There will be aspects of our lives that stay private. But in general, they said here, they fellowshiped, uh, you know, together out there in church, but they also continued in their homes. So there's that openness, there's that welcoming, there's that embracing, there's that oneness and genuine giving of our lives uh, to, to one another. In summary, fellowship is about relationship, togetherness, companionship, and working together in the journey of, uh, of uh, our, Christian, our Christian life. 
And the question is, uh, why is it important? Yes, I've touched a little bit. We understand what is fellowship, but why, why is uh, fellowship important? Let's see why it was important for the first church. And then we can also draw up why it's important for us today. In Acts chapter 2 verse 12, it's the same chapter I read, but this is the beginning, the top of it. After the preaching, the word was preached and the Holy Spirit was moving. This is what, was say, uh, this is what scripture say in verse 12. Uh, so the people were amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? What was happening among believers? They were praying in tongues. They were prophesying. The power of God was moving. And verse 13 says, Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. So right from the beginning, the birth of the church, when the power of God was moving, some people were looking at the people and they were mocking them. They were looking at the people and they were accusing them. They were looking at them, they were not seeing the goodness of God, but they had bad things or negative things to say. When you start to look, you realize that uh, persecution of believers started right from the time that the church was birthed. By the time you get to, uh, this is chapter 2, when, this, when the church is being birthed. By the time you get to chapter 5, some people were already in prison because of the gospel. By the time we get to chapter 8 of uh, Acts, some were scattered everywhere. Why? Because of persecution. And what helped the, the early believers is that they stood together in one accord. They were united. They were united in purpose. They were united in what they preached. They were united in what they believed. So what am I saying? You know, even when we come into our time right now, we are living in a time where as believers, sometimes we feel like we are marginalized. We feel like we are, you know, we are resisted, we are left out. When we want to rise up and live according to what we believe and share what we believe, uh, you know, and share that which we believe, there is resistance that is constant. And sometimes we've got even to be very careful these days how we speak about Jesus and how we share with people. And as a result, the only thing that sustains us is fellowship. It's fellowship that is going to strengthen us. Hannah was sharing earlier on about the youth, and she said, she said something. She said uh, it was always good for her when she went to the camp when she was young because she said, I saw some young people who were going through the same things that I was going through. And I realized they were worshiping God. And that alone strengthened me to carry on. Let me say to us, our children of God, when we isolate ourselves, we start to experience the resistance, the accusations, the marginalization. It becomes so intense. But when we connect with other believers and we try to say, how do we live our life? How do we navigate these complications? What, what then happens is we gain strength from one another. You know, when you look at uh, congregations, they, they, we are all going through different things. You know, maybe when you put me in the same uh, place with uh, uh, analysts, there are some things that we could share. But there will be a lot of things that analysts will continue to think that you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. But what fellowship does, it allows moms with young children 
They can connect and fellowship as moms with young children and challenges that goes with what young moms are going through. They are fellowships for young people. They are fellowships for men. And you see that if we want to grow up as a church, if we want to be strong, if we want to walk in power, there is need for fellowship to continue to grow from every corner and every angle. Every corner and every angle addressing different circumstances and situations that we are that we are going through. So in our time right now, there is no much time that is needed fellowship as this time. I was just thinking about uh, um, talking about uh, social media. I'm not bashing social media. I love social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all kinds of things. But there's one thing that is certain. While social media is good, sometimes, you know, we have used the social media to escape from real people and hide somewhere where we can just speak at people and we cannot speak to people. There is no that one-on-one. -on -one. I speak what I want, I say what I think, but I'm not ready to be connecting with somebody who would really speak into my heart. One example is, you know, like when you are, when you are having a conversation with people and they start going about something that you don't like or that you don't agree with, so the, some ways of escaping is to just take your phone and just uh, uh, appear to be very busy, get lost in your visual world and ignore what everyone is saying. But the true fellowship, what I'm saying is, this is an escape, a hiding place. It cannot replace the one-on-one -on -one connection. It cannot take place of the unity that comes when you hold a real person and they speak to you and they minister to your heart and they encourage you. It's one thing to read an encouragement that is generalized, but it's one thing to receive an encouragement from somebody who, who is sincere and genuine. Praise the Lord. I am saying, why do we need fellowship? We need fellowship because that is where we have our strength. That is where we grow. The intention of fellowship is meant to bring growth, to bring multiplication, and to continue to, 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 you know, to, continue to manifest the power of God, regardless of the resistance that our time and our generation might be uh, bringing over, over us. Praise the Lord. This is what is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. It says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help them up. But pity anyone who falls down and he has nobody to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm when they are alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Praise God. The power of fellowship. What I'm saying is, you know, even us as center church, even us as believers, one thing I just sense God staring among us is that need for continued fellowship. That is one of the things that we, that we powerfully have in our church. There is all kinds of things going on around. But the invitation uh, or the question is, uh, are you part of any fellowship? In times that you are feeling discouraged, when you are feeling drained, do you have a place or a fellowship within the church where you feel, I can connect here? One of the things we have is our life groups. 
You know, being a small group, when you are part of the life group, instead of coming here and sharing a problem with multiple people, you have got somebody or one person within your, within your, your, your life group or two people where you can share, where people can hold your hand, where you can pray together. The intention is that the church continues to grow. One thing that I have noticed, you know, if you don't belong to a kind of a small group, whether it's a prayer group within the church or a, a life group within the church or a, a walking club within the church, you see, even when you have a walking club, you meet there, but while you are doing physical activities, but your intention is to empower, to help each other to grow because we bring Christ in the midst of everything that we are doing. So one thing that um, I really feel to steer and to encourage each other, or the question I want to throw to us, where do you go? Because sometimes we can get lost. When this church is full up there and down there, sometimes you feel lost with your burdens, with your issues, and you look around, there is nobody. You are still lonely and alone in the place that is full of people. And that is where the power of fellowship, even in small groups, comes in to encourage us, to build us, to lift us up, and to make our church grow. Praise the Lord. And uh, how effective, how effective, how do we have effective uh, uh, fellowship? I'll read verse 46. I'll read verse 46. It says, Every day they continued to meet. We are just looking at the early church. Why the example of the early church? Because they built something that has endured 2,000 years and still living. And that in itself tells me that there is something that they did that works. And one of those things is fellowship. Powerful fellowship. Genuine fellowship. It says here on uh, verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with a glad and sincere heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Don't worry too much because we are not going to sell our possessions. We are not going to get rid of our stuff so that we share. But we are going to look and say, how, where do we fit in this equation? How can we define that in our time and the times that we, are, that we are living now? But one thing that you see from verse 6 is that there is two ways um, that are coming up. It says uh, they met in the temple. And the second part, it says, they also met in their homes. In other words, they had meetings which were formal, but they also had informal meetings. So when they came, gathered together like we have done on a Sunday, when Sunday was finished and done, that was not the end. The fellowship began at the end of the Sunday meeting, at the end of the big or the formal meeting. Why? Because in the formal meeting, I am talking, there are some probably that have got things to say about what I'm saying right now. They've got things that they want to answer. They've got things they might want to question, like, what are you talking about? It could be anything. But what happens in a formal meeting? You cannot say anything. The preacher will speak what they say, finish, pray over you, and close the meeting. But when the formal meeting is finished, fellowship continues in the informal meeting. So for them in the early church, they connected in their homes. They ate together. They broke, they broke bread together. They prayed together. So we are seeing that uh, their fellowship was made complete because it was not one-sided. This is probably an encouragement. I know in our times, I'm one of those people whose work situation drains me so much that in as much sometimes you want to connect with people in the middle of the week, it can be hard. 
But the encouragement I want to bring to us is, is something that is worth to stop and say. How can I evaluate things so that at least I have got one space or one group or somewhere where I connect with others in the middle of the week so that I receive the encouragement and the empowerment that I need. And also in the non-informal meeting, we have got a say. You know when we sit particularly in our life groups, we can start saying, oh, you know what was being preached on Sunday? I actually got a question because uh, I don't think this would work. And then you start to discuss and talk about, uh, you, okay, how do we apply this in our context? And everybody has got a different context. Everybody has got a different challenge. Everybody is going through a different thing. That needs the word of God. And it is in our informal meetings out there where we talk about those things, draw from the word of God, evaluate what has been taught. Because for them it says uh, they met in the temple courts. And the apostles taught while they were there. They studied and the apostles spoke to them. But in the informal meeting, they met, they broke bread, and they spoke over cups of teas, over uh, uh, breaking bread, over lunch, and brought the word of God to minister in their lives and their situation. And as that happens, that builds people up right from inside coming out. Praise the Lord. It's just... Um, I really want to encourage us this morning, us as a church, if there is one thing that we continue to pray, is that may God give us that strength, that we may continue in fellowship. For some of us probably who are not part of any fellowship, you know, it's good if you can make the time to come to church on Sunday. That's a big step, praise the Lord. But if then you can take a step to be part of an informal meeting, that would empower, uh, that would empower you and me. That would give us the opportunity to explore the word of God, even to share some of the things from the word of God that we don't understand and say, how do we bring these in, in, our, in our everyday life? You know, as we, as we are approaching or we are in the middle of summer holiday, it is time, I just want to throw this as a challenge or as a, just to persuade some of us uh, this morning, during this summer holiday, maybe you are not part of any fellowship, maybe you don't have a life group that you, you belong to, but I just want to, uh, to steer your heart to start to think about these things. We are strength to one another. When one is weak, the other is strong. And when we are in a church full of people, it's easy to get lost in there. But it's time I want us to just be thinking in the beginning of the new uh, uh, school year, as, as our life groups are coming back, it's something to start to think, which group do I fit in? You know, there are groups of, or there are the, the life groups that we have. We have one on, uh, uh, on Zoom, we have others that meet on different days, others with young people, others with older people, so everybody can find somewhere to fit. What we desire to see is to see growth happening in individual peoples, but at the same time, even in our own families, and to see the, our church growing. The stronger the individuals in the church, the more powerful we become as a congregation. Sometimes we desire to see the power of God move. We desire to see things happening, but it starts with you and me, growing up, hungering, and desiring to grow in God, united as one. And we will see God do great things in our midst. I want to pray this morning. Um, and as, I, uh, as, as, we, as we just uh, meditate, as we uh, just get to this time of prayer, I just want to share this scripture so that we can uh, 
pray uh, just meditating on it. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. How powerful is that? Like, you cannot be lost in the middle of the, you know, in a place full of people. Because we are no longer, we are no longer foreigners or strangers. But we are fellow citizens with God's people. In other words, we belong. And let's be free to belong. Let's be free to explore what the church is uh, providing, what, uh, you know, what groups are available. And let's be part of those things so that we may grow. And it says, uh, you know, but we are citizens with God's people and also members of the household built on the foundation of the prophets, of the apostles and prophets, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together, rises to become a holy temple of God. This is our prayer as Center Church, that each and every individual, each and every individual of us, as individuals, as families, that we don't feel left out. We don't feel like we don't have a say. We don't feel like we cannot participate. We don't feel like what we have to say is not being heard. But there is that provision in our uh, informal settings of fellowship where we can speak, where we can question, where we can gain understanding of what is going on and what also we think is also heard in those, uh, in those places. Why? Because we are not strangers. We are not aliens, but we belong to the family of God. And the intention is that we be built up and established as a holy temple of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centerchurch.com.